Ahoy, mateys! There be no time for pleasantries, for this journey be dark and perilous. Young lads, lassies, and others, ye be warned. The immateriality of this podcast's stormy journey has become immaterial. Whatever the hell that means. Prepare to make sail and listen to two dudes, one devil feature. Double feature! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I am Dude Two, still on the show, Joe. For now. Yeah, this is about to get to, like, uh, <laughs> like reality TV where I get voted off the island by Richard, Kenny, and John. <laughs> I'm just sitting there in the interview thing, like... He thinks he's on the show. He's not. We've just rigged his room to look, just to make him think that this is actually recording he's listening to. He's not actually been on the show for eight months. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's like the, uh, the, you know, the technology they use to make like Luke Skywalker sound young again on the Mandalorian. That's exactly what we're doing. (laughs) What (laughs) this is going on right now. It's been 84 years since the podcast has been over and he still thinks we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh boy but yeah welcome welcome to the show everybody uh this is this is a special episode because as joey more or less indicated <laughs> um this is a this is an anniversary episode this is the two-year anniversary episode we've been doing this show for two years two years that's crazy that's crazy. If you had asked me the day we recorded The Mask of the Caribbean, if we would still be doing this two, year, two years later, I'd say, wait, what's Two Dudes, One Double Feature? <laughs> we settled on that name? I'm like, wait, we did? Oh, yeah, I, I vaguely remember doing that. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, it's coming back. It's, it's coming back. It's like it's in there. Oh, oh yeah, one of us. Hit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Because there's because there's two guys and there's two. I get it. I get it. It's clever. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're still we're still here. We're still doing it. Yes. You, me, John, Kenny, still John and Kenny. I just want to, let's talk about John and Kenny real quick because I don't feel like we talk about them enough because those guys have um, been involved with the show since the first episode and they and we've made so many wild and crazy things with those guys for this show a lot of great tracks like do you ever do you ever go back and listen to some of the tracks because sometimes i'll like catch myself sometimes like the songs or like i'll go back and listen to something like that was so good sometimes um a few of my fa- I, I love the, the great jojo is is a track that i really like a lot the uh, Sonic goes on the ramp- rampage. I know it's like an eight sort of eight bit like version of like the other piece of music we've done, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. 
and like even this most recent one from the last episode just this like i was i was outside just sitting just just trying to like catch some air and just relax a little bit sitting on the porch outside and i just started playing the the track that kenny made for the last episode yes and it was just so peaceful Mm. because just that just that you know acoustic guitar riff that he did it was so good like like the music that they make are vibes and I find myself in vibes all the time to listen to them, so I feel so I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still, I, and I'll still listen to the songs we've made. Uh, like I'll be driving home and I'll listen to like a good friend he and a good friend me, very best friends always says me. That was a, a wonderful song, but I will admit, a pain in the ass to record. <laughs> uh, man, speaking of that. Um, so obviously it's two years, but within the last year between now and the one year episode, I don't know, I, would you agree that we probably struggled the most more than anything? Um, at least towards the end a l- of 2021. S- somewhat, somewhat. Cause like, th- cause like think of it, think of it like this. Mm-hmm. So like we had the radio drama that we were doing for Halloween, which part like there was a lot of moving parts with that one it was a musical which i sort of pushed because that's i really wanted it to be musical and it was a murder mystery which you know when you do those things have a lot of moving parts already um there was a lot of people a lot of different cast members a lot of different friends of ours that were helping out with us and sometimes the schedules changed and we couldn't get everybody when we needed them um and then there it, it got delayed twice so, like, when episode three came out, uh, we had a medley of tracks that John had put together uh, so that he can finish up, he and Kenny could finish up part three. And then we didn't get part five till probably, I think, the beginning of the following year. And then in the middle of all that, we were doing an episode with uh, Wykey and Gifford, who were doing the Spider-Man episode, it had audio issues. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's just is on top of each other. It's just a lot of different things, but at the at the end of the day, like we we got through it. Yes, we got through it, and and I and that's one of the main reasons I applaud John and Kenny as much as I do is because not only do they make great music, but they've also helped the show as much as they did, and they even like John fixed the audio issues that were with the Spider Man episode. Yes. Even when, even though there was, uh, you know, the delay in the episode, we were still able to. They were still able to get it done. We had to rewrite the whole ending. Mm-hmm. They had to rewrite the whole ending, right. really. Um, and then it finally come out, and then we were like, "Do we just put it on its own, or do we make it like a thing?" And so we had to like put it back in the episodes and rearrange a bunch of things. But and then and then like. This, uh, then, like after all, all was said and done, like I'll just say this: it was it was so much of a struggle that all four of us kept constantly saying to each other, "I cannot wait for a normal episode, <laughs> just like a normal, regular episode of this show." And then, like on top of all that, after all was after all that, after we got through all of that, the scariest phone call from you, sir, ever, because that was when you were calling to tell me of the schedule change, but it was presented as if it was, like, the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, because obviously, in case you've never listened to the show, we used to do this show once a week. 
Yeah. And uh, recently we've been doing once every other week, which is what we normally did during the holidays uh, because Joey's got some stuff going on, but exciting stuff, nothing like bad, but very exciting stuff. And um, he was going to, he was calling to tell me, but he's literally sitting there as if like, he's about to like say like goodbye, <laughs> like forever. That was, <laughs> that was one of, I, I've had a, I'll, I'll say this much. 2021 and 2022 were personally some of my roughest years of existence. Um, and saying this to you, this is something that I had to do. Yes. No, yes. Mind you. But it was, I, I felt like I was like stabbing you in the back or some shit. It was like, <laughs> I was it, like, oh God. It was, it was tough. It was tough. Like it's, I've accepted it more now, obviously, but at the time it was definitely like, what is he going to say? Like, it, like I knew under, when I looked at your face that I was like, oh no, mm. something's wrong. Something's not good. And it probably involves the podcast. But then you were like, we have to move it to two weeks. And then I was like, <sighs> there was part of it was like, un- like unfortunate, but like maybe like a slight sigh of relief. <laughs> Cause listen, here, here's the other thing I'll say about the show. Like whether you like this show or not, and that's fine if you don't like it. You know, honestly, you honestly, like it. I might. I've, <laughs> I've I've had people at like like old coworkers of mine at my work look at me and going, "It's okay." I'm like, cool. All right, I'll take it. I'm like, it's a, it's uh, it takes a lot of work to put one episode out. Like, yes, the you know, pardon the um the 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 dated term. It takes a lot of manpower. I mean, it, it makes sense because there's four people, four guys who work on this show. But like, yeah, it takes a lot. Um, it takes a village, as they say, um, mm-hmm. and it is kind of just for me a miracle every time, especially when we were doing it once a week. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, how, it is. Un- we 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 were lucky at first, just because we were in lockdown. We we had the time, but then like you went back to work first. Did I go back to work first? Mm-hmm. Because I because I didn't go back. Until, or at least, because you were you were gradually like going back more. You and I went back. I guess that's true. Because I I do I do remember you going back first. Okay. And I was still like kind of lingering because I didn't want to have to deal with it. And then they sort of forced me to go back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um. But yeah, like I just remember there was a point that I was thinking. I'm sure you were thinking the same thing. Like you know, once once work comes back into play what's gonna like how is that gonna affect the show and we found the time yes you know but we found was, the time it was always crazy too because like when I, I i i like i'm the kind of guy that likes to get to work like a half hour early i'm just a weirdo <laughs> and i'm a 10 minute early guy myself see like just don't have me do anything i just like to my mindset is better when i'm there early because if i'm yeah. there late i feel like my day is ruined i'm not gonna get anything same. done but anyway same like I would go into work and I would just, I would edit, like <laughs> edit the podcast <laughs> before work started, before I had to officially clock in, um, you know, and it, it was, uh, I God, I wish I could still do that. Um, but it, it really is, um, it's kind of amazing. We still, we're still doing this and I'm glad we're still doing this. And you gotta know too, like we're, we're both like kind of lazy not even kind of like lazy with a capital l really (laughs) like not to sound mean but it's kind of true and and 
but I think we're both also very creative people. And I think we like the idea of, because I mean, we both did YouTube for a long time. I mean, you did the silent film Saturday mm -hmm. and I did my thing. And, you know, obviously we, so we have a YouTube channel for this show. Yes. So, I mean, and there's always been an, like a creative interest. I mean, heck, you know, we both have like fictional superhero characters that we made up. <laughs> like mine's like a, like a lady pirate in like a city and yours is a space cowboy <laughs> yes and uh so like it's like we love we love doing this kind of thing and so i think i think we've sort of leaned on on that drive a little bit and plus it's it's something that we love yeah i mean it's one of those you things know, it's it's about something we love yeah and we don't make money off of this show so like the kind of thing like not not yet not yet <laughs> at the moment we would like to we would like to turn a profit on the show um and give johnny kenny some money and yes uh but it's it's one of those things um where it is nice to have that 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 ability to you know talk about this kind of thing um mm -hmm. it's um it's a lot of fun and uh i mean there, there's so many like moments i think one of my like there's so many great moments like and i'm sure you've had this too where like you're watching me watch a movie that you've seen that i've never seen but like mm -hmm. one moment for me was watching the gold rush and the title card comes on, and then there was a moment of calm, and then it fades, it, it fades in, and you see the house is on a cliff, and you're like, "What? It lied to me, you son of a bitch!" And I, but how I, could you do this to me? But I also keep thinking about. Um, I keep thinking about the charade episode, which you, uh, you'll agree is a, is a fun episode. And I keep thinking it's about so Sal Bandini. What a wrestle! What a wrestle! <laughs> totally unrelated, but you know what? It's perfect. <laughs> Sal Bandini. What a wrestle! See, that'll have to be like in in the in this third year coming. In this this next year, we'll have to at some point just watch Ready to Rumble. It's like this movie's terrible, but Martin Landau. <laughs> oh, I'd be I'd be so down. <laughs> Martin Landau is the best part. Hopefully, it's not like a pest situation. <laughs> See, I'm more anticipating like a rockadoodle situation where I'm just totally confused. <laughs> but it's like that Martin Landau, though. It's like I like that. I like that. Part. I like that guy. Oh man, um, I'm trying to. I you know what? Watching rockadoodle, watching you watch rockadoodle is just funny. I I didn't remember just how like rushed and how like slapped together it was so like because i hadn't seen it since you know i was so little and just watching it again for the first time but then also like watching you watch it i'm like uh, <laughs> 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 oh my goodness it is just so funny mm -hmm. um but oh man so many and we did a lot of cool things this past year like granted like again i think we had a big struggle and I think we got through it. And I think that we learned a lot. We, I think we got better. Yeah. I think we got smarter. And I, like, I think we were able to figure out because like if, if we got through all that and we're still doing it, then I think that's a great sign. Yes. First of all. But I think even through those struggles, we did a lot of cool things. Like um, just personally, we went on vacation together right now during all this stuff. Yes. To Florida. Disney World specifically, yes. <laughs> the the only part of Florida I, I actually like. 
Uh, that and uh, um, Allie, good friend. Yes. Um, but other than that, uh, like, we did that. We were, I, I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to record an episode in person, but I get it. Because, you know, it's expensive equipment and whatnot. But um, I'd like to try still, that at some point in our lives. I would like to try that. But you know what the funny thing is when I think about that? Because, like, I was effectively, like, really bummed out by that. But, like, my plan was that I wanted to record something. But I stopped doing that after the first day. So I must not have really cared that much right. to make something. Yes. Because, like, I think the moment I walked into Magic Kingdom, which is when I should have potentially started filming more things, I did not. Because I was like, I'm in Magic Kingdom. Life is good. <laughs> I had a Dole Whip. I went on Haunted Mansion. That's all I needed. Yep. And um, shout out to um, the one worker from Ashtabula. I forget what her name was. I forget. Lind- Linda? Linda from Ashtabula. Was it Linda from Ashtabula? I think so. Because it, it was the rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. Linda from Ashtabula. I doubt she even listens to this, but if she is... If her name's even Linda, love you. Yes. <laughs> much better than Brian from Idaho. Linda much from Ashtabula. Be- much better than Brian from um, from Idaho. Uh. <laughs> but uh, so many so many cool things. And then uh, we, did, we did a lot of big episodes this year. We did um, Dark Knight Trilogy. We did the Disney episode with Allison after the trip. Um we did we did a whole episode like I, like I was saying earlier we did a whole episode with just Wiki and Gifford yes talking about the the Raimi trilogy and a lot of a lot of trilogy talk talks a lot par- of franchise talks part of me still wants to try that experiment again with getting two <laughs> other people to host <laughs> we could uh we could get we could get um it's a good question. We'll have to talk about that. We'll talk. <laughs> I, I, I guess that's my other. I don't want to interrupt your um, what you want to highlight. But what are things that you hope for in the podcast uh, entering? Like what we what we do next. What 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 do you hope for next for our show? Um, I, I, admittedly, I wouldn't mind as for for a brief period going back to a weekly just to see if we could still do that. We can try it. <laughs> but anyway, what? what possibilities are in the air yeah um i would like i'd like to just like dig more into like for for me personally i want to dig more into like my nostalgia for like movies that i grew up with because i liked because i liked revisiting some things good good or bad that i watched when i was a kid like watching um the past and realizing how terrible it is or rockadoodle and realizing how add it was (laughs) and i was like oh that makes sense that's probably why I watched it and enjoyed it so much. Right. Um, like, I was thinking about The Mask the other day. I'm surprised we haven't done that yet. Because, like, I would like to do that one. Because I was actually um, looking at some of, the, like, the motion comics that they did. Or not motion comics, but, like, they're, like, virtu- basically virtualized comics you could just, like, read. But it was, like, the original Mask comics and just how different they were from the movie. But it was, like, it just made me go, oh, I'm surprised we haven't really dug into that one so i'd be curious to to visit that one and just go back more into my own childhood and revisit some things that i haven't watched in a long time yeah and see how i feel about them now. yeah 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 what about you uh for me i would like to get back for a at least a period of time to a weekly schedule i know i was talking about this with my brother like i would hope to like get be weekly for at least halloween like the october period 
because I like squeezing in as many of those like spooky or scary movies in that stretch as much as we can. Um, obviously, just one of my favorite things about the show is is rediscovering or re- or watching new things. You know, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how much fun I had watching Scream for this show, or mm-hmm. um, even as as bonkers as it was Rockadoodle. It's an experience that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and also just showing you old movies, just like, <laughs> cause there's a lot of stuff that I need to see and I'm sure you'll agree there's stuff that you need to see. I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with that. But, um, uh, what do you say we, we get, we get, uh, we get pressing onto our double feature. Yes. Good sir. Yes. So a- absolutely. So, okay. So if you're new to the show, you probably don't know this, but we have a tradition for this show, which is. It's wild to say that we've been on long enough to have a tradition. <laughs> Richard, it, it's long enough to where I can make a playlist on Spotify and have quote, quote, anniversary <laughs> episodes, and it makes sense as a trilogy of episodes. <laughs> it totally does. So our, our first episode Joey mentioned not long ago was uh, Mask of the Caribbean, which is Mask of the Zorro and Pirates of the Caribbean. And... For each one-year anniversary episode, we've decided to talk about a sequel to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and then uh, a sequel to Mask of the Z- Mask of Zorro. But the thing was, Mask of Zorro only had one sequel, mm-hmm. and it wasn't very good, unfortunately, but it exists. So uh, there's a certain point where we had to like finagle a little bit and be like, what other Antonio Banderas sword, sword or adventure movies can we talk about? Um... And now we're getting to the end of Pirates because I'm going to say this right now. You're not going to hear us talk about another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, at least within this current iteration of the franchise, ever again. No. For us, it, it stops at three. And that's not to say the work of the other people in those movies is invalid or something like that. It's no. just um, a no- honestly a number of factors with, with those um, with those films mm-hmm. where it we try to... I think one of our goals... I know we talk about movies we don't like on the show, but at least when we try to talk about movies we don't like, we try to make it fun. You know, and sometimes it's a surprise. And sometimes it's a surprise, but like we don't expect it to be like shitty. It no. just happens. We generally do this show um, to have a good time, and we generally, therefore, pick movies that we're going to have fun with. Yes, exactly. So, in the case of this franchise and our first feature this week. Um, we wanna we wanna end it on a strong note, and so we'll have to figure out for the three year what's gonna be the replacement. But Joey, what is uh, officially our first film that we're talking about for our two year anniversary? Officially, about twenty two and a half minutes in, uh, it is <laughs> yes. the two thousand seven Gore Verbinski directed Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Are you dead? <laughs> I think I am. Oh my god. <laughs> Father! <laughs> it's not even a funny scene. I just that's just what popped into my head. Oh my god. That is so wow. Like one of the like the saddest moments I would say. And we're just giggling about it. Alright, we're off to a great start here today. Are you surprised though? No, I shouldn't be at this point, really. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh man! But yes, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. It's the it's 
for in our eyes, it's the finale of the, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Again, no disrespect to anyone involved with the other ones, but we just like these ones only, really. Um, but uh, there, we do. We we probably should mention something real quick at the top here, which is unfortunate that we have to do this, but I feel like we have to do this. So, one of the biggest aspects, one of the biggest things when you say Pirates of the Caribbean, the first thing that's going to pop up in anyone's head is Captain Jack Sparrow, who in this franchise is played by Johnny Depp. Recently, there was um, a trial that aired for like six weeks with his ex-wife, Amber Heard, publicly on various outlets and social media and YouTube and whatnot. And it's caused a whole stir, so many different opinions all over the place, mostly one way or another. Um, but we just want, and we just want you to know that we did not plan this to ha- to more or less coincide with the verdict or the end of that trial. It's just we had planned this, like you know, again, this is a tradition. We planned this probably the first time we ever talked about a Pirates of the Caribbean movie really around the time that we first started the show we had planned this well in advance so we don't want anyone to assume that in any way this is us saying anything in regards to that that whole situation and on top of that we also don't want to be in any way involved in that but again it's just poor timing and most importantly we felt it was probably the best option to maybe i don't know avoid talking about that person about Johnny Depp as much as we possibly could only because again we just don't want to associate ourselves too much with any of that and plus if you want to know how we what we think of him as Jack Sparrow we have two other episodes that can do that for you and there's also so much more involved in this franchise and so many more characters and and people involved that are also worth spotlighting so we really wanted to put a spotlight on them we do like Captain Jack Sparrow, but just given what's going on right now, we just feel like it's probably best to just kind of put him on the back burner a little bit, which is very odd and probably will be kind of hard, but we're going to try it a little bit here. Uh, I agree with you 115% with everything you just said, but I will say with this movie, what surprised me was I wasn't thinking about him as much as the other two movies. It, d- it does make it a lot easier that he's not really in it until about 33 minutes in. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get into, like, this. It's so funny because the letterbox description. Do you know the letterbox description of this movie, Richard? Tell me the letterbox description of this, right. Joey. I'm going to give it to you because it only describes basically the first, like, 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> for, all right. Captain Barbosa, long believed to be dead, has come back to life and is headed to the edge of the earth with Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan, but nothing is quite as it seems. That's it. That's it. That, <laughs> that's it. That is, wow. That is that that that's that's it. So like the first like it makes me think of like Return of the Jedi because Return of the Jedi, you know, the, what's the first act of Return of the Jedi? They're trying to get Han Solo back from Jabba the Hutt. You know, mm-hmm. and it's basically what's going on here with just Captain Jack Sparrow. It's like, literally, the whole opening, the whole opening sequence. They're in Singapore. We meet all these different characters. We get to see 
um, Elizabeth, we get to see Barbosa, Will Turner, Gibbs, Pintel and Rigetti, Jack the Monkey, Jack the Tia Monkey. Dalma, Cotton's Parrot. <laughs> Cotton's parent, Cotton. Yes, because <laughs> if Cotton's parents there, no, Cotton's gotta no, be there. No, you gotta, you gotta remember uh, both of them. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and then of course we meet Sal Fang, played by Chow Yun Fat. Um, and uh, just so much is happening in the whole opening, and then we got this like really like wacky map that's like a puzzle mm-hmm. or something, which is really cool. I've always thought, I've always wanted that. Yes. Like, just, just so, like, I wouldn't even, like, try to, like, I'd just be, like, spinning it all the time. <laughs> and then I'd just land on something, like, holy shit, what did I find? <laughs> Dude, the problem with these movies, I, uh, like, oh, wouldn't you want to be in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie? I'd be like, no, because I'd be so distracted. I'd be like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this! It moves! Ooh! And I'd break, probably break it or something. Like, it, it would be, it would be a mess. Um, We'd, sp- we'd spend all our time in Tia Dalma's shack from dead man's chest oh my gosh no but it's crazy to like i think that's one of the big things with these three movies specifically is the tangibility of things like obviously there's some pioneering like cg groundbreaking cgi work which we'll get to but like it's so nice to watch this movie and like have like i believe and, and not have to suspend my disbelief so much where I, I can believe things that are, are happening on screen. I believe that they're on, on these boats and going to these crazy locations or going to these, these exotic um, places. I think about like that, like how interesting like Sal Fang's like area is like the salt, like mm-hmm. more steam, you know, have you all these devices that are like, <laughs> like you pull, like they pull like a coconut on a string and then yes. it's just like, like click, 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 yes. Click, click. Yes. Um, I think about, I, I remember a bridge, you know, and like, it just like there's, there's these fireworks fireworks and, yeah like just so many moving parts and it's just <clears throat> like these days everything's just green screen you know and like again there's been great like move forward moves forward in technology i love the stagecraft uh thing with the volume that they've been doing in movies a lot lately i think that's a great sort of melding of modern technology with sort of the old school classic like rear screen or view you know the screen projection stuff they used to do back in the day um but like with green screen like green screen as useful and as innovative as it can be like it just also like it's hard to really believe in what you're looking at half the time like you know it's i think i think we've just gotten to a point with green screens i don't ever imagine anyone really truly getting used to green screen more so just well not well not necessarily getting used to it but like not believing it but getting used to it i guess is what i mean like because we see it so much we're like okay well there it is again we just kind of because that's what everyone's yeah exactly like there's a few examples of of times that it's worked like i you know i think of avatar as sort of a prime example of when like blue screen green screen like motion capture technology sort of combination of different things and again like you know making something look and feel tangible can be a possibility in that in that regard but like when you have real sets real water and real things blowing up and actual buildings and stuff like i think about like with like crimson peak they actually built that house the town in sleepy hollow which was i think entirely built you know it's it's so hard these days to have like built sets anymore you get it you get excited when you watch a movie like this and you see singapore 
and how lively it is and how like grimy it is and how lived in it is and um all the different people and characters and all the all the pirates um but also like just moving moving away from that like like when we get to the ships and like there's real ships yes like you know real ships on on maybe not in the ocean but they're they're somewhere mm-hmm. and uh i at some point they built a real like flying dutchman didn't they yes um, actually, which is yeah, is insane. Well, one of the things that they did I, back in the day with Disney Cruise Line, if I'm not mistaken, was they had like a like I think a replica or one of the Flying Dutchmen that they used out in the water. I think by uh, Castaway Key. Um, oh, that's so cool, Castaway K or whatever it's called. Um, which you know is Disney's island that they use for the cruises. Um, I was always fascinated by that. I'm like, wow, they have that there, and you know that was also one of the last resting places of one of the last remaining 20,000 league submarines from the ride they had it in the water and people could like snorkel and they could see it. I don't, I think it's washed away since. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I just think it's such a, it's such a big production. The only, one of the few modern productions that I can think of that can be equal to this in terms of like a scale or even come close is like Dune because Dune has a lot of there's some set a lot of set stuff in Dune. Obviously, there's a lot of like digital technology, but I don't have to sub- suspend my disbelief that much when I'm watching Dune. You know, I, I believe everything on screen is is effect is happening right, and it's a big mm-hmm. big movie. Um, you know, it looks great for one, and um, I think that's like this movie is one of those like it, it's a great blockbuster in that sense because it is just. It's a big, it's a big damn movie. But mm-hmm. the funniest thing is, I don't give a shit about a lot of the things that are happening. Like they're making some type of, they're trying to make some type of deal with Sao Fang. Like we're just spending like the first thing on like the first forty minutes. But like Sao Fang, I'm like, I don't care about what's like. I, I'm just entertained by what's going on. <laughs> it looks great. Everybody looks like really sweaty and grimy. You know, they look like they're in real time and place. Everyone's got barnacles on their face. Everybody's got barnacles on even the attractive people. You just can't see. They digitally remove the barnacles off of Keira Knightley's face. Yeah, like she she definitely she definitely had some barnacles, I'm sure. Uh, just <laughs> you know, and then like mo- moving past that just like really just insane like crazy ideas. Like I think about like going to Davy Jones' locker and going over the edge and over again that whole sequence. Like mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful stuff like this i will say it is funny to think like this is the one movie that flat earthers feel seen with (laughs) 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 like see see it's real wow that's all i need to say it's like do you know what fantasy is no what's that never mind (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, did you know the Avengers was a documentary? <laughs> Duh! I was in New York when it happened. Really? Whoa. Tell me about that. Let me know what you were on uh, when that happened. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I don't know why they talk like that, but I imagine every flat earther. You go to a convention and like even even like just everybody's like, hey, how you doing? I like flat earths. <laughs> Um, actually, um, I like to resist against the stereotype that flat earthers only have one a voice. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Those are the people that think they know smarter stuff than I do. I'm uh, sorry. I beg it your pardon. <laughs> what do I look like? Shakespeare? <laughs> no, you look like Fat Tony from The Simpsons. 
As long as I'm not the comic book guy. <laughs> I think it was issue 75. <laughs> um, but but it, on that note, though, I think we should give a shout out to Rick Heinrichs. Yes. Who's a production designer on this. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's Disney legend in a lot of respects. Like, he... He he came up with Tim Burton mm-hmm. during that time period and actually was worked really closely with him and helped with Tim's uh, first stop motion feature, uh, Vincent. Yes, for Disney, and then he went on and did so much like a lot of the like more like exciting like elaborate stuff that you've seen in movies. I I wouldn't be surprised if you see Rick Heinrichs listed as the. Uh, production designer on those because i think i believe he did the second and third i don't know i don't think he did the first pirates though but i wouldn't be surprised if if he did because i know he did the second and third because mm-hmm. they were filmed at the same time right 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 um yeah the production design it, it's just like it also what's great about it too is that in the scenes where they're not like fighting off like the flying dutchman or anything like that you take like i think about the scene where like jack is meeting with uh with beckett and I'm like, that could be a shot right out of, like, Master and Commander or, like, some other, like, period piece. Like, period, movie. yeah. Like, that's what I, that's what one of my favorite things about this is, I think it's one of the things we lost with, like, major blockbusters is they have to, like, a lot of blockbusters have to take place, like, a long time ago or, like, they have to take place in our, like, modern setting or contemporary setting or some weird crazy thing. But it's, like, it's really nice to have, like, a major like tentpole blockbuster franchise that takes place in a specific time and place, you know, and you get like that great, co- again, great costuming, great production design, um, uh, and, and, and all that. But like, it, there's so much to, to get into. I, I also this. just like, like on that note, I love the distinctiveness between like, like the more like military type people that seem more like classical, like, military types then you go to the pirates and it's just like insane Mm -hmm. like like everything is so like grimy and plus like there's the green hue on everything the green hue on everything but i also really like the um i really like the brethren court as a concept and just looking at it uh so so again we're gonna get back to the plot of this thing uh because this does have so like obviously now that they got um that other pirate back uh you you need these pirate lords, okay? And they need to release Calypso for God knows what reason. They 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 think the, they can the get nine it. pieces of eight. The nine pieces of eight, uh, or as Gibbs as Gibbs says, oh, we were supposed to call it the nine pieces of whatever we have in our pockets at the time. That's 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 it. That's original. It's not very piratey. <laughs> it's not very piratey. Um, but they have to get together, right? And you get to see pirates from all over. <laughs> the world which i think is 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 pretty cool um Mm -hmm. my favorite pirate name gentleman jocard Uh, i think he's one of i think he's one of the pirates from africa and Mm -hmm. what a great name all right gentleman jocard is great also um sisumbaji sisumbachi listen who just has the the dude from the mummy talking for him the whole time (laughs) (laughs) but like what you don't realize too is that unless he's a twin because i don't think he is unless he's a twin they tw- they they doubled him. Wow. Cuz it's cuz it's the same guy standing next to him but the other guy's got glasses. Oh my that's too funny. Yeah, Sisumbaji <laughs> votes for Sisumbaji. <laughs> Actually, that makes me think of um 
uh, gosh, uh, Robot Chicken, where it's like the Imperials are like, okay, Darth Vader doesn't really choke us, but we want to keep our jobs, so we pretend that he chokes us, then we disguise ourselves as a new trooper. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the same guy, and they have like a mustache or like it's like a wig. See, it's, I'm new. It, it works. Um, I, but there's so many like lines in this that I think are, re- are really memorable. Like, when they're all mm-hmm. fighting in the Brethren Court, and they're like, this is madness! This is politics. I feel like I've seen that meme, especially over the last, like, five or six years, like, played so many times. It still feels relevant. <laughs> still feels uh, still feels insanely relevant. Um, I just, like, I also, obviously, because pirates maybe were not, like, obviously were not freedom-fighting, like, good like good guys. Like, they're not, like, the Rebel Alliance in Star Wars. But I do, no, like, no. I do like this idea... Of like the 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 like sort of like these f- sort of freedom fighters like right these pirates going up against the like the the might of the British Empire, um mm-hmm. like and just like the idea of like the loss of free uh, not only freedom but also how the world is not like as free like I think about um one of my favorite moments when they look at the um I think it's when they're looking at the kraken if I'm not mistaken the, like the kraken's washed up body this the 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 the, the saddest part of Joey's existence saddest part, saddest part of my childhood um other than actual tragedies that happened in my childhood um yeah, other than <laughs> other than but like like <laughs> the, the kraken this majestic like m- a creature is beached is beached and it's getting pecked at by the, by these animals you know um you know, where they're talking, like, Barbosa and Jack are talking about the world, and it's like, it's like, the world's still the same, it's just, there's less in less it. Less in it. And I think that's a great line, and it's also just a great line, like, almost reg- also regarding, like, adventure stories, too, because the world also, is, isn't as mysterious as it used to be. But also just that, like, that's the first, like, quiet moment between those two characters, I feel like. Because yes. most of the time, it's just, like, because the first time in the first movie was just animosity, and then following that, it's uh, you know it's just them bickering about who's the captain of Black Pearl, and then and then uh, dick measuring contest with telescopes. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like this one moment, you know, it's it's quiet, it's subtle, but it's important, mm-hmm. and you oh, feel yeah. it. Um, but as far as like, uh, there is one line in the Brethren Court scene that I know we both very much enjoy, <laughs> is when is when Sisimbaji stands up. After uh, war is declared, and he just goes, and so Fisher got to war. <laughs> it's um, it's it's definitely was one of my favorite parts forever. Um, amazing, amazing, yes, amazing. And speaking of like just the like just the lore and like the the world building of the pirates, the fact that the the code that was constantly mentioned is actually like a book. Yes. Like it's a legit like we like we weren't kidding, mm-hmm. like we say we honor the code, but like we're not. It's legit, real, and it's guarded by none other than Keith Richards, who is the the inspiration for Jack Sparrow, and so who happens to also be his dad. And that was a big moment, I think, for a lot of people that knew that inside joke. Like, ugh, yes, that's really that's really nifty. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's just playing guitar because. That's just what Keith Richards would do. Yes, yes. Um, um, he looks great as a pirate, though. You got, I, he I, really does. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. And it, it, it is weird, because like, they do try to do it again in the fifth one with uh, Paul McCartney, I think. I thought he... Was he in the fifth? I thought he was... For, 
He might, yeah, he was he in the fifth one. Okay, I thought he was in the fourth yeah. one for a second, but you're you're right. I think yeah, because yeah, yeah. like it doesn't work as much. Like I like Paul McCartney, but it, I don't think it worked as much as no. Keith Richards. No, mm-hmm. but um, just I think that's probably my favorite thing about the whole franchise, specifically this trilogy, is is how they built the world of the pirates and the layers that they added on by having like the Brethren Court, by having Shipwreck Cove, and. Uh, like just like all these ships smashed together in an apparently impenetrable fortress that no one's ever been able to break into. <laughs> um, sure, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, that's the story that you know pirates are all about good stories, and you know, like, like Barbosa being like, "We're good and lost now," mm-hmm. <laughs> and so just like, and on that note, Barbosa's back. Yes. That yes. was a big thing, because that was the big reveal at the end of Dead Man's Chest, that uh, he was actually alive, and so we actually got to have... I think I told Joey that was the trade-off. We lost the Kraken, but we gained Barbosa. That's... Uh, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good, um, you know, uh, trade-off. Like, it would have... It probably... It would have been nice if the Kraken had been still around and got to, like, fight Barbosa, and Barbosa got to be involved in that, but you know what? I'm happy to have Barbosa, because Jeffrey Rush is amazing. Mm-hmm in that role he's absolutely incredible and um he doesn't like when he comes back he like he doesn't skip it's like he would never left to begin with yes and like we were watching this whole time and i kept thinking wow he like i don't even think about the fact that he wasn't even in the second one i'm just happy that he's here yes um and then we also get a really big uh character development moment for elizabeth swan because she becomes the king of the pirates yes king not queen king of the pirates yes and because like when we first met her she was just the daughter of of a governor and then she was kidnapped by pirates and she went through this whole journey and she realized she loved the adventure she loved will and then uh she it led her all the way like would you have imagined like that would be the end like the outcome of her character had you watch after watching the first one no i mean after watching the second one maybe because when you watch the second one they have that crazy like sword fight um you know which i love the second one so much um but like elizabeth swan gets a lot more to do in that one and then it's like a nice little like hey <laughs> king of the pirates <laughs> she's king of the pirates i even like when she when she's like king <laughs> that's me um, but uh no i think i think kira knightley doesn't get i, I think both kira knightley and Orlando bloom don't get like uh, enough talking about because obviously you know people love a lot of like the more main pirate characters but these are like the two central characters that we followed this entire franchise and like orlando bloom's will turner like yeah he's kind of a straightforward like piratey but like adventure kind of kind of guy like he's like classic sort of Errol Flynn I imagine mm, just yeah. from what I, I, I've I, seen I, here and there and he's got like like there's so many like so much backstabbing and like betra- like weird like quote quote betrayals it's like um Feehan made me think of this line the other day where it's just like what from uh, Indiana Jones 4 what, what what are you a triple agent <laughs> <laughs> he's literally just like doing so many di- like I'm here to free my father I'm not with you Jack but I am with you, but I'm not. <laughs> like I think about about when like Davy Jones is, is summoned to Beckett, and like 
or, or like Will was having tea. <laughs> I, was, I hadn't finished that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also just love how much of like the pirate life is sort of rubbed off on Will because he was sort of just like that, like sort of, I guess I, I, I can't. I don't want to say like Boy Scout entirely because I'm sure there was an edge to him, but like. He cut, he came off like the first time you, you meet him, and then when we get to this third one, he feels like a, a different person, but like he still sort of acts similar. It's like Luke Skywalker, you know, where Luke Skywalker yeah. at first, like Luke Skywalker, didn't know his father was a Jedi, you know, and uh, it's like, my father was was like a, a navigator and a spice freighter, <laughs> you know, and he thought like he thought bootstrap was you know like a straight like sailor like straight and narrow like sailor type and it's like no your dad was a pirate no your dad was the guy that ran naked at stonehenge and thor to the dark world your dad is uh, your dad's also uh, res- uh responsible for the death of uh, oscar isaac and dune <laughs> <laughs> your dad likes to float naked you're na- naked in uh it is sauna it is fat suit <laughs> in his big fat suit uh, what is a gift, not a gift? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like Orlando Bloom in these. Um, in, in these, I like movies. Orlando Bloom. I especially like uh, Kira Knightley. I think she does a lot of great stuff, and she has she has the big like hurrah moments. I think in the movie, yes, like um, especially with the big speech at the end, like her king speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> also, a movie with Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, um, but she didn't stutter, so she 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 got through it, and she she says hoist the colors, and they they raise the flags, and it's such a big like exciting moment with all the flags. And you get that beautiful shot of like the black pearls flag uh, in the middle, it was so good. Um, and then I think I think the most I think my favorite scene with Will and Elizabeth is the wedding scene. Yes, because like there's no reason for that to be there. But they did it, and they it's and it. it's wonderful. They did it. Um, but I also I, I always just love just kiss, <laughs> just kiss. Um, or like or like they're like literally fighting people, and it's like, uh, will you take me to be your wife and sickness into health? <laughs> health being the less likely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But like uh, one of the coolest moments. I mean, I'll talk about that, I guess. But like at the end, obviously, Will has to become the new quote unquote like Captain of the Flying Dutchman. And I think the last day that he gets to spend on, you know, on dry land before he has to go back to sea is one of the hottest, most romantic things I've seen in a mainstream Disney movie. Like, that I think leg. about the leg, <laughs> yes, not to get into that. But, like, also, but, but, like, the idea, like, he had to cut out his heart. His heart yes. had to be cut out, right? And he's literally giving her his heart, and he's just like, you know, you keep it. It's always belonged to you. And I'm just like, oh, that is so, like, <laughs> romantic like it is just like it's like oh. can i try that line like just i can't I, I don't think alice would appreciate if i gave like a, my a chest with just like my beating heart that'd be weird do, 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 do. but would you a, like this i just i love stuff i love stuff like that man um mm-hmm. you know but I, but we should speaking really, yes speaking of romances there's another major there's another major romance in the oh film. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, so, obviously, one of the best characters to come out of this, these, especially these latter two films, is Bill Nahi's Davy Jones. Still also one of the best visual effects, motion capture effects, to this day. A great, especially, perf- great performance. 
great performance. Um, but what we learn, because obviously we know hints from the, from Dead Man's Chest that he had sort of a, a romance with someone and it, it fell apart. And then we learn, because uh, like, you know, they talk about, you know, he fell in love with a woman, it fell in love with the sea. And then it's like, they're the same thing. And then we learn that it's Calypso, who is actually Tia Dalma, who is, you know, Calypso trapped in human form. And, you know, one one good indication is those beautiful lockets that they have with, like, the hearts and, like, the like scary faces on them. Mm-hmm. And they play that song that's, like, the theme song of their romance. And then we get that great, great scene in the brig of the, I think it was the Black Pearl. And uh, Davy Jones comes to see calypso and you you kind of like i i watched that scene and i want to see more like i i wish i could get like the tragic love story of these two in some form like a book or a comic or something uh one of my favorite things is it's a great performance by by bill nye is again that that silly scene where will has like tea right but he talks he talks he talks the way he talks about um he talks about Calypso. He's so bitter. It's so, he's so bitter, but there's there's this sense of tragedy about it. And Davy Jones is usually like ah, and he's usually like sure of himself, and it's like he's like st- not stuttering, but like he's like you know like well I uh, it, it's it's the reminder that he was once human. Yes, it's a great and one of my favorite bits also is when Calypso is finally released into as the ocean, and Davy Jones feels the rain. <sighs> Ugh. he just looks up and he says her name and then it start, he just closes his eyes and he starts feeling the rain on his tentacles and he screams in just ugh. like okay so here you know how people like say like, like Disney princess movies are problematic for young girls because they're like oh this is what I feel like that was that for but me with Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> I, I'm like this is this is how it should be right you guys! <laughs> Every time it rains, Joey's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But, but listen. L- listen. But there's so many. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's gonna be awkward. Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> uh, but, but I feel Sorry. like. There's a scene that we have to talk about, and it is the basically now. There's a lot of fun things in this movie, right? But the the reason to see this movie is what, to my estimation, is might be the best like climactic scene that I've seen in a big budget blockbuster movie of the last twenty years. I, I'm 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 including all the Avengers movie, all the Marvel movies, anything DC, anything Star Wars. There is nothing. Nothing. You, you. I mean, like nothing. Even in movies that I like more than this, like nothing. I, I think about Pacific Rim. I'm like, it's a movie that we love on this show. I don't mm. even think that ending comes close to what this provides. That, folks, is. I'm gonna say it like Gibbs. Hold on. <clears throat> okay. Maelstrom. No, not the uh, defunct Epcot attraction. <laughs> No, there's a big whirlpool in the ocean created by Calypso, and then, yeah. you know, the ships go in, and they fight, and that's kind of it, really. 
it, it's kind of it, doesn't this scene last like an hour it feels like it lasts like 40 minutes but it's like the greatest thing you've ever seen that uh, <laughs> that's equivalent to me with my with my big joke from the first episode <laughs> from the last episode <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> it's like you know there's ships there there's some sword fighting you know that's kind of it <laughs> you weren't really missing and uh, this scene all right because obviously there's this giant like whirlpool thing the mail ma- maelstrom right calypso is freed and it's a face-off a grand face-off between the black pearl and um and the flying, the flying Dutchman, Dutchman. which is basically like the pirates of the caribbean version of like the millennium falcon facing off against like the death star or like <laughs> <laughs> it's they're, they're getting like basically they're already like sort of doomed in a way because they're like swirling to the bottom of this whirlpool which is already bad enough and it's this huge epic battle between Davy Jones, Jack Sparrow, Barbosa, Will, Elizabeth, um, the people that were on the Flying Dutchman, uh, including Beckett's crew as well as uh, Davy Jones's crew, and it's just everyone's trying to get the heart because they're trying to you know defeat Davy Jones. Davy Jones is trying to get the heart back. There's a wedding, which is again what my favorite Will and Elizabeth scene because it's mm. just it's just adorable while also like exciting and epic because they're sword fighting while also trying to get married and it's just funny that they were like barbosa marry us now i'm a little busy at the moment (laughs) dude and so much going on but you can track it though you can tell you can track everything everything there's nothing that I feel like that they skimp on. Like the other thing is obviously they're trying to get the ch- Davy Jones chest. Like, and then like you have like Davy Jones tentacle gets cut off at one point, and like you have the little like tentacle holding the key that's like arr, arr, going on on, on the boat, <laughs> a, or like he kills the one guy that's like uh, the letter for, letter to the king. It's from you. He kills that guy. Oh, like it's such a grotesque way. Like um, the, like. Oh, oh when the tentacles come up on his face and one goes into his eye and that's in the Disney movie. Yes. Folks, that's like we were talking about this. Um I think it was us talking about this. Um like the darkest things we we've seen in like Disney movies. And cuz you were talking about that with Allison, weren't you? Yes. Um so, yeah, cuz she and this is and keep and you brought up a good point too that obviously it's not entirely comparable because th- these movies are PG-13. Tarzan's a G-rated movie, but like the death of Clayton in Tarzan is is rough. Is rough. a rough one, and it's it's always shocks me when I see it. But for me, the, one of the roughest things I've ever seen in any Disney movie or a mainstream blockbuster of this scale. The beginning of this movie, they're they're hanging people associated with pirates and all that pirate sympathizers. There's a child. There is a child. There is a child. And that's who that's who initiates the the hoist the colors song, which has become a big thing. Like when sea shanties came back, um, and became like a TikTok theme. And like you, there was a few uh, a few hoist the color covers, which a lot of them were really good. A lot of yes. acapella groups did a great job with that one. Mm. Um, but uh, and it's also just a great song. Like hoist the colors, high heave ho. Um, I just want to, the 10, I know it's uh, like two minutes ago, but the guy who did the, um, who got the tentacle death, uh, the letter for the king, you know, uh, yeah. Dave, yeah. Uh, uh, David Schofield, 
or, David Schofield, um, who was also in an American Werewolf in London, and he was in the tavern. Ta- he was the darts guy. You made me miss. Mm-hmm. He's uh, if he he's not listening to this show, but shout out to him for making my childhood infinitely better. Yes, yes, um, but. This this movie does like some pretty intense things, especially as, you look at like today's standards for Disney PG thirteen because I think Disney's gotten so much more comfortable with the rating that everything that they've done as far as like more I guess you could say targeted to more adult fare, but like like the Marvel movies, Star Wars, a lot of that's PG thirteen now. Star Wars, uh, I would say especially especially Marvel, their four quadrant yes. films. And not to say that there aren't like little things that could offend people, or you know, and it's understandable, whatever. But like, there are generally movies that I could show my grandmother, I can show like a little kid, I could show a number, maybe with few exceptions, maybe like Infinity War, but not show a young child because that just gets into that does get into dark places. But I think on the whole, a lot of those Marvel movies, they feel like they're like they're not really PG thirteen. They feel like E ten. Exactly. Like they feel like they're they're pushing the boundaries of PG more so than PG thirteen. Whereas I think because Pirates, because you got to remember too, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie is the first Disney movie, like official Disney movie, to be PG thirteen rated. And so there was a little bit more freedom on Gore Verbinski's part, who is also known for being a horror director, to to sort of push the envelope, especially with this one, the second and the third one, by doing some things that you know, or a little bit dark, like obviously still keeping in mind that, you know, this is, this is a movie that, you know, families will probably be watching, but there's some dark stuff. Like again, Davy Jones, uh, grabbing that guy's head, uh, with his tentacles and sort of like invading his skull. And you see glim, you see a brief, like sort of like blurred glimpse of his head when he falls down and yes. it does not look pretty. <clears throat> no, no, it, it, it doesn't. Um, like there's there's a lot of stuff in this that just like I, oh and Jack um Jack when he sees like the the flying Dutchman version of himself and he's holding his brain you'll never see that in a in a Disney movie ever yeah, yeah you're, I'm not I, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see like Chris Evans go oh man here's my brain <laughs> nobody move I dropped my ass <laughs> <laughs> the flying Dutchman's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the exact same scene, but he just pulls his ass off and starts licking it? Oh my god. <laughs> you would never see that in a Disney movie. I, I, I just would... imagine, imagine Allison is just cringing so hard right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving it. This is hysterical, but... Allison, I... I we make this you. show for us, really. We, honestly, <laughs> that's true. That's... Yeah. Think, you know, um, never compromise, even in the face of Armageddon. Uh, <laughs> Lick that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that's but, the philosophy of this show. Uh, but I, you know, I was thinking about this too. Going back to like, like you wish you saw more of the romance of mm-hmm. uh, like some like Davy Jones and Calypso. I was right. thinking about Beckett and Jack, and I think there's implied relationships. And yes, stuff. and it makes me think yes. of Star Wars because Star Wars, obviously, at this point, we have everything answered, everything that you could possibly want answered to the point where we probably know what tooth toothbrush brand that luke uses we know too much information but the but, weird part about that i will say just not, not just i'll say the weird part about that is that there's people that will be adamant that that's the toothbrush that that so-and-so uses but then disney and, and, and lucasfilm decide that toothbrush doesn't exist and they're like what 
That too. But like back in the day, think about it. Like we didn't know what the Clone Wars were exactly. We didn't know the exact context of all the relationships that were going on in those movies. We just knew it was a nope. background like thing. And that's kind of the same. Like I think about that with Beckett and, and, and Jack. And then of course, Davy Jones and Calypso is like, and I think that's like the power of like, like great writing and some great performances. I, I want to mention Tom Hollander um, mm-hmm. for a bit. He as is, Beckett. As Beckett. He's great um, in, in these movies. Like, do I care about completely the motivations of this character not really i mean davy jones is obviously as far as the villains is the better villain but beckett i think the performance is great and i love like when the immaterial has become Um. immaterial or like the currency of the realm is like something like stupid stuff but like he says it so well you're like oh this must be important when you're like a child like shit this is legit yo i gotta listen but the best (laughs) is his is his like death at the end. Oh my god. When when he finally realizes that um he's lost. Yeah. Basically when when the Black <laughs> Pearl and the Flying Dutchman are coming after him and they basically like surround him and they just fire or as everyone says, Fire! 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 <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can edit that however you want. Right. <laughs> no, that that's true. That's true, though. But like I, I, when he's going down the stairs, and you see as he's as he's holding the ra- like the ra- railing, and it's like it blows up. <laughs> and it's just just it's just pieces of wood and debris and probably blood in there somewhere, and then fire. And he just looks, and he's just like, "I'm I'm I'm dead. I'm done. This is it." <laughs> Okay, one of the we did. I'm so amazed we went this long without talking about this. Like, the, there's like a showdown that feels like right out of a spaghetti western. There's like a guitar, like oh, guitar. the beach scene, the beach scene, the beach scene. Again, I, there's like shenanigans going on that I don't entirely care about. But then you see like everybody's feet, right? But then you get to a point <laughs> where you see because Davy Jones, little known fact with Davy Jones, you can only set foot on land once every ten years. Davy Jones to circumvent this is in a bucket of water. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is if davy jones wants to chill out on a beach for a little bit just put a big old swimming pool he's fine dude if, if davy jones had a mobile like swimming pool he'd be unstoppable <laughs> davy jones like he just invents a floating bucket and just stands in it just floats everywhere like magneto and x-men just mm. <laughs> you afraid to get wet that's a great mm. line too. That's a, are you mad? <laughs> oh, oh I love it. But I to this day I wonder because I know he could like kind of just appear places. So I guess that's kind of answering my question. But I'm just like, how did they just get him in the bucket? Okay, you know what's funny though is that the Pirates of the Caribbean three Blu-ray and DVD has um, a list of questions and answers that people had about these movies. <laughs> And that wasn't one of them. And that wasn't one of them. But my favorite one is: How did the dog with the key survive? Like the uh, the the cannibal island uh, sea turtles uh, tied with with his with fur from his back. It's beautiful. It's it, or like everything that's like uh, this. That's a story yet to be told. Never told. Never told. No. No. It more likely won't be told ever. No. Let yeah. get Disney give us a Brethren Court <laughs> series. <laughs> give us a Brethren Court series. I, st- I I will admit I I do want the Margot Robbie Pirates movie. Make that happen as well. 
Um, I just, I just, I just, I want a lot, but I'm glad what I got. Yes. Um, you know, this movie, like, again, I, I, I think watching it with you this time was the most I've enjoyed it since theaters, honestly. Um, it is just a big bombastic thing that is beautiful and dazzling to look at. The plot, who cares? It's like, nonsense. We don't it, care. But, like, it at least looks great. And I think that it, does a mm -hmm. lot. <laughs> it looks incredible. Um, there's a lot of iconic imagery, like the boat turned upside down when the whole up is down thing and trying to get back to the real world. The, the flash of green. Dude. The various shots of the boat in the water. Dude, like, when all the flags are going up and you see the Jolly Roger from the, the Black Pearl the black pearl go up mm. and you're just like wow um when uh they're when they're on the boat from singapore on the still water with the stars in the sky like it's just imagery like that it's just stuff that you don't really see anymore like you don't feel wowed anymore going to the movies and well i feel like it's changing a bit more these days thankfully you can be wowed by different things different yes. things excuse me like um actually what's funny is the movie that beat Pirates 3's Memorial Day record record breaking Memorial Day weekend what was, was it Top Gun, Gun Maverick Top Gun yeah. Maverick broke that and Top Gun Maverick is an example almost not to the same degree but like an example of that old school filmmaking and like having like I'm believing that all of this stuff is happening it it's probably my number 2 favorite movie of the year honestly incredible go see it I it's, saw it I, I saw it did. at a drive-in <laughs> I didn't forget to tell that. I never, I saw I saw Top Gun Maverick driving, and I want to give a shout out to Joseph Kaczynski, uh, who directed it because he did Tron Legacy, and he did that, and he did Oblivion, and the dude I'm telling you is the reason for a lot of like things that have become popular, like de aging. He started it with Jeff Bridges, and the volume, like the stagecraft stuff. He did a variation of that for Oblivion. Just saying. Not that it's related at all, but shout out to, to Joseph Kaczynski. I think he deserves a lot. We're definitely. I think we are planning an episode around that at some point in the future. Fingers tightly crossed. Fingers tightly crossed. But Pirates Three, I think it's a really, it's just a real good time. Um, I think we said everything that we want to say about it. So it's. I think. Yeah. I think it's. Uh, it's a great like cap off to just a weird series of movies that is just again it feels like the last of a of of something that we probably hopefully hopefully we'll get again but more than likely won't get again for some time and i also with this one specifically and the last one i think of my grandma because as i mentioned before i'm, I'm sure i've mentioned this in the past episodes but i have such a strong connection with this movie and my grandmother because um at one point, me and my grandma went to the movies all the time. I see, like, I work at a theater, and I see, like, like grandmas with their young kids, and I think of, like, my grandma and myself, and I get, like, a nice flashback to that. But our favorite movies were definitely the pirate movies. And we saw this one in theaters, and we had such a great time, and this was the last pirate movie we saw in theaters, because a few, a few years later, she would unfortunately pass away. Um, which is, is just rough, rough time, but... Uh, I'll always have that great memory, and that will always connect me to this this weird ass fun as hell movie. And now I have new connections because you know I get to watch it with my good friend. And uh, emphasis on good. 
<laughs> Nothing more than that, really. Yeah, exactly. I, I have I have footage I have footage of him telling me that he's not my friend. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah. Um I, I do genuinely enjoy this movie for so many reasons and I'm glad we I'm glad we finally got to talk about it and I'm I'm glad this is how we, we ended pirates on this show. Yes, uh yes, likewise. Um anyway, we're gonna take a brief, brief intermission and when we come back, um, we are going to talk about Richard. I, I I don't know if you know this, but they made Zorro three. But you know you know what what uh, what happened with it? No, what happened? So to make it marketable, they had to make Zorro a cat. Stay tuned. Where's the track? It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. What do you mean it isn't ready yet? I needed that track as soon as possible six months ago. Ugh, I can't keep working under these conditions. What conditions? Exactly. This room is so drab. I've been locked in this basement for two years. Would it kill you to add a couple of throw pillows? Listen, John. I don't think you understand my situation here. Richard knows things about me. Yes, I understand. That's why I've been locked in a basement. Now let me finish! Richard knows my dirty little secret. He knows what I've been doing online. Oh, you mean the water monkeys? Don't say it so loud! Okay, look, I know he's been blackmailing you, but why can't you just turn yourself into the FBI already? We can't run from justice forever. Watch me! I've been operating a Ponzi scheme on Craigslist for ten years and Johnny Law hasn't caught up yet. I've defrauded thousands of dollars from multiple Fortune 500 companies. Can't you understand that? Why are you- Shh. Listen. I'm a smooth operator. I set up this scheme on Craigslist. The gimmick is collectible water monkeys. Okay, why are you explaining it to me? I know what we did. <laughs> of course there's no such thing as collectible water monkeys. It was all a scam aimed at New York's financial elite. And it worked. Those fools bought up every fake water monkey I could lay my hands on. Little did they know that instead of a collectible water monkey, They'd receive a handful of steel cutouts in a manila folder. Look, I know what we did, but I can't live this way anymore. Okay, just turn yourself in and Richard won't be able to blackmail us anymore. I'm not going to prison. Look at me. I'm too soft to do hard time. Okay, well you tell me, what are we gonna do? Get the guitar. But get it now! Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me let me tune it. Let me tune no, it. No, no, th there's no time. Just start playing. Okay, okay. Okay, just just make up some lyrics or something. I'll I'll follow you, alright? Good. Good. It's a bop. It's a sea shanty. A real sexy one. I like it. Come on, let's sing. Two years ago they went to see yo ho yo ho yo ho Two dudes they be oh can't you see yo ho yo ho yo ho Streaming on the internet hoist up your microphones Now's the time ye bonnie lads to tell us tales of old Ye oldie days of old Richard he be, long hair flows free, but don't incur his wrath, for good Richard could be, at the shake of a knee, malevolent, evil, and crass. And Joey, 
Sweet Joey. He has curly hair. Do you want to do it this time? And we're back. That wasn't as good. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was that was actually that was solid. Do you want to do you want to do it? So we, we, uh, <laughs> I was just hoping there was going to be a scream, but you know. And we're back. Happy. I am ecstatic. Happy, and I'm going to get a million and a half messages from my mom. Are you okay down there? <laughs> it was worth it, though. <laughs> to you. To you. <laughs> you sicko. <laughs> two years. Thank you. Two years. Man. <laughs> I kid. Aren't you, aren't you used to this now? I, I should be. I should be, but it's like it's it's like you know the myth the, the myth of Sisyphus. He pushes the boulder up, and the boulder comes back down. <laughs> Richard, you are my boulder. I am bolder than you. That's for sure. I I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I am I, I am bolder in the sense that I am an exclamation mark in every sense of the word. Everything is to ten. With you, I, I I live in the fast lane. <laughs> this, this sounds dangerous. That sounds dangerous, and I don't mean sounds dangerous. Starring Drew Carey, the Hollywood Studios attraction. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 it could be it could be uh, it could be scary. But you know what? I'm still here. <laughs> in any case, uh, in our last half, we talked about. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, uh, the third and, for our intents and purposes, the final Pirates of the Caribbean movie we're going to ever talk about on this show that is related to those, you know, those specific movies. Um, yes. I made that more complicated than I needed to, but anyway, <laughs> now, because there isn't really a Zorro 3 with Antonio Banderas, but, but... There is a clear movie that we could use in place of a Zorro three. Richard. Richard. Yeah. What is that movie? That movie. Everybody, folks, the listeners, is the 2011 Shrek spinoff. Puss in Boots. Ding. I, I try to do the sad eye thing, but there's no audio version of that. I just kind of go, oh. <laughs> so it doesn't work though. Yeah, Puss in Boots, um, Shrek. I mean, if you're listening to this, you know what Shrek is. Honestly, it's it's one of those um, things that has transcended so many different things. The first Shrek is actually in the National Film Registry and won the Academy Award for Best Animated Film. The first Shrek. wasn't that the first one to beat Disney. 
I think it was the, I th- it was the first. I think it might have been the first one. Period. Oh, that's right. That's like that's what because what started the category itself. <sighs> let me look at the. Let me look at that exactly because I'm pretty sure it was like. Um, give me a second. I, I I feel I feel like an embarrassment that I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, was that more embarrassing than me trying to make you do the uh, the and we're back? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, let's see. All right, let me uh, Academy Award. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay, which is um, I think Ooh, of no. That's cool. And, yes, and it was in the, at the seventy fourth Academy Awards. It was the first ever animated film to win that category for Best Animated Film. For feature film, uh, specifically, like twenty years ago, which is um, insane to think about. And then Shrek Two came out, which is a movie, as you know. I do watch from time to time. It, it is a movie. It is. Oh no, yeah, that too. It is a movie for sure. <laughs> it's it is a film. I've seen it. it yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but Shrek Two came out, and that was a gargantuan moneymaker way more successful than even the first one and it introduced a character a fan favorite character uh who has become widely beloved by me and i'm sure other people (laughs) but more but more importantly you more importantly me okay yeah i I don't imagine anyone else being as important like to all the other fans of this character sorry it's not as important to me i mean maybe start a podcast and maybe you'll be as important as me yeah, it, you, you'll actually be on Joey's level of importance. Which uh, I don't envy anybody who's <laughs> on my level. Um, <laughs> but that character being uh, Puss in Boots, as voiced by Antonio Banderas. He's back, everybody. He's back. That's right. He is um, back. This character is like a sort of swashbuckling cat of sorts. And there's references to Zorro. He makes the pee. He ma- he makes the pee on the back of the Blu-ray. He's like you know how Zoro rears on his horse and it's like that beautiful like sunset shot and it looks like it looks so badass or like so- whatever. They have it with Puss in Boots, but because Puss in Boots is a cat, he's just standing on top of the horse's head. <laughs> <laughs> he's so tiny and cute. Yes, that's another thing uh, to note about Puss in Boots. But he had become a fan favorite character, right? They had done Shrek the Third. Um, I'm pretty sure was when did when did they do? I'm trying to remember when they did. Um, so they did the first one in 2011. First Puss, first Puss in Boots in 2011. It was uh, it was a Shrek spinoff, which it's like you think, okay, oh boy, Shrek spinoff. What are we getting ourselves into here? And this movie turned out to be a success. It made over 500 million dollars worldwide on a 130 million dollar budget. And it's getting a sequel this year. This year, we are getting a sequel to this movie. <laughs> like, this 2011 movie, 11 years later, it gets a sequel. We're back, everybody. We're back. Yeah. So, we're... We actually... I do think we ha- we do have planned to talk about the sequel for the three-year anniversary, since it just makes sense. It just it just does. Yeah. Yeah. So, but with this, with this one, um, Puss in Boots... Uh, this is kind of on part part. It's part of it's kind of an origin story. We learn a bit about um, who Puss in Boots was, um, where he's from. He's from uh, what's it, San Ricardo? San Ricardo. I think you're right. <laughs> he was an orphan, 
um, and he became this hero, and then he became an outlaw. And uh, when we meet him, um, he's trying to steal these magic beans. You know magic beans. It's, listen, that was the one thing that threw me off, because like there's parts of me that like you forget that this is set in the world of Shrek. So there's 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 fairy tale characters and fairy tale references. I was expecting it to be more like a Robert Rodriguez movie, but with like a cat and an egg. <laughs> but no, like it's legit, like like a fairy tale movie. So there's like you know you got the magic beans is sort of the the MacGuffin, if you will, like the treasure in this movie. Jack and Jill show up. You know, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown. Jill came tumbling after. Isn't that the whole thing? I think, I think you're... I'm, I'm actually really like... Wow. Oh, good job here, Richard. <laughs> Thank you. I was like... I was like, that just pooped out of my head. That's asto- <laughs> astonishing. Astonishing. Like, no wonder I... No wonder I'm an idiot in many respects, because I have that stuck in my head now. But they're looking... Right, like, they're looking for magic beans. But he's roped into doing this by Humpty Dumpty. Humpty... No, no, no. Humpty Alexander Dumpty. So, okay, here's the. Okay, I'm gonna comment on this because it now I'm thinking about Hamilton now because of like Aaron Burr and Hamilton talking about like or, being orphans. So now I'm just ima- imagining like Humpty Dumpty saying, "You're an orphan. <laughs> We're more than anyone bargained for." <laughs> Humpty Dumpty wants to be in the room where it happened. <laughs> oh my! God. I want to be on the wall where it happened. The wall where it happened. The wall where it happened. Um. I so, fell and I broke. <laughs> but like, base, but these two characters went d- very different paths, right? They they knew each other as kids, as we find out later on. They were both at the same orphanage. At the same orphanage with uh, I- with Imelda, uh, you know, and like Puss in Boots through a turn of events becomes like a hero, and uh, Humpty Dumpty does not. Humpty Dumpty. Hum- uh, Humpty Dumpty becomes uh, a thief. Uh, becomes a thief. And then through a series, another series of events, Humpty Dumpty for, sort of like uh, you know gets Puss in Boots in on it, like without Puss in Boots fully knowing until he sees that they're robbing from a bank, and then um, but basically betrays Puss in Boots just because he was jealous of him. Yeah, basically, like 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 Humpty Dumpty this whole time. Like I'll just I'll just say this at the top, just so you know, um, especially Joey. There's a disdain. <laughs> towards Humpty Dumpty. I think this is the weakest part. Humpty Dumpty is the weakest part. And I'm not saying about like like the animation or, or Zach Galifianakis um, in the role because I think he does a fine job with the part. Um, and I think the animation surprisingly does not look like that uncanny valley um, for the, like, what you're trying to do with that character. I just... it The motivations didn't work and I didn't really care about him. I didn't... I wasn't like overjoyed when he got like a weird... like a slight redemption thing. Towards no, no, you were not. I was not. <laughs> you were definitely not. Because <laughs> I'm like, Puss in Boots was like, hey, you you put me in a crime. You put me in this position of becoming an outlaw. Yeah. You know, it's messed up. It's, it's, it's a, messed up. A little messed up. But that's a lot of, like, the main, like, plot stuff. Like, But, like, the first, like, what would you say, 20 minutes of this? Tw- 20 minutes. 20 yeah. minutes is basically what I thought the whole movie was going to be like, right? Like... Puss in Boots getting into a dance, uh, dance fight with <laughs> with Kitty Softpaw, Kitty Softpaw, played by Salma Hayek, who is Antonio Banderas's like like 
like best friend and go-to co-star for like everything mm-hmm. desperado once upon a time mexico i think they recently teamed up for that um the the bodyguard wife's bodyguard hitman's bodyguard okay. movies i wish she I was um <laughs> uh, i'm just thinking I, w- I wish antonio banderas was in eternals that oh my god dude oh my he would god. be the most unstoppable eternal like he would be the best he'd be the sexiest one. Oh, he would be for sure like, like, listen, Kumail Nanjiani and Gemma Chan, but throw Antonio Banderas in there and we're all, everyone, every single person in the theater is just like, I need a, I need a second. Yes. It's, it's no wonder, like, like the man, part of the man's career, like, is that he, 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 he's had so many like romantic, like love interests and like the most beautiful women in in all of Hollywood played the love interest to Antonio Banderas at one point in his mm-hmm. career. Right. You get it. <gasps> it's like, I get to have a scene like that with him? I'm in. But like, <laughs> but like, there's like a secret like cat, like tavern thing. And I love that the tavern, like there's like a cow there because of course there's a cow <laughs> at this tavern. There has to be a cow. Mm-hmm. Has to be a cow. Um, and... The dance, the dance fight, which is uh, uh, t- Tuesday night dance fight. Tuesday night dance. I, Tuesday is just a great like random day of the week. <laughs> Listen, we've we've talked about our our somewhat disdain for Tuesdays at this point in our lives, but if our Tuesdays looked like that, I'm sure we'd have a lot more fun. Oh, absolutely for sure. Um, Though not not in that instant, just because uh, allergies. Yes, we would we would hate to be in this universe or or, or in this world. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Th- those the opening sequences where he's like, you know, he's at like the tavern at at, at the bar, and mm-hmm. <laughs> like the one guy who has like all the tattoos relating to the the, the golden goose and like the magic beans. <laughs> Just the, like the fact that this dude was that prepared to tell the story with like the big goose tattoo yes. and the magic beans, and he had like the the beanstalk and the castle on his chest. Mm-hmm. I like I like when uh, their voices get high because it's just fun. It's just amu- it's just amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also just like how they implement because um, I mean they did this in Trek. But like, like this isn't related to the to the beanstalk scene. But I like how they implement like cat traits. Yes. Into Puss in Boots. So like when he drink like when he drinks his milk out of like a little like scotch glass or like a little little like like uh, tumbler glass. or whatever shot glass, and he just uses his tongue just. With a... One of my favorites. Um... <laughs> or they're like, we'll see. Have to see if cats always land on their feet. And it's like, no, that's not true. That's a rumor started by dogs. <laughs> or uh, cat people. Cat, cat people are crazy, man. <laughs> or um, uh, the light. Whatever. Yes. There's like a spotlight, and they're like chasing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know we have to mention though, Richard. And this is a like I knew it was from this movie, but it was just the meme of the cat going, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that was like I, the moment I realized it was something is when you got excited about it. You're like, that's, that's it! I see that! It's, it's like me! Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing. Like, that was me. <laughs> just, yep. Yep. Because I've, cause I've seen that. I've seen that like so many times. To- that, that meme so many times. Like, ooh. 
<laughs> that can that 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 ooh cat needs to be in the two dudes hall of fame. He is. He like he's got a plaque and everything. Yes. <laughs> he, he he's hanging up on the wall for sure. Oh, but you know what's funny? Like in the first part of this movie, we thought that that uh, Puss in Boots was cancelable. Oh my god! Like, because like the first thing we see is that he like is waking up next to like a cat, which you know he's a cat. It makes sense, and he, but he forgot her name, and I guess she was. I, I imagine there was consent in there, but like there's this weird aspect of it where we didn't think the cat was sentient. Yeah. And th- that made it weird a little bit. Like, and then and then the cat went, aww. And we're like, okay. okay but then immediately, but immediately afterwards, like, he puts it into question again. Because <laughs> what's the line that he says? He's like, I'm a bad boy. I'm like, I am, uh, you're a bad kitty. Bad, yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, what? But, but, like, the craziest part, too. You got to think about this, too. When I, when we started watching this, I in my brain was under the impression that you had already seen this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, sw- I I swore because I know Joey's a big Shrek guy. He likes Shrek. He likes Shrek too. He likes Antonio Banderas. There's no reason in my brain whatsoever that he would not have seen Puss in Boots at some point in his life, but he hasn't. And that was that was so like this was again like um like the Green Mile episode. Another instance where we're both watching something together for the very first time. It's always fun when that happens. It's always fun. It's always fun. And it's just... I'm like I'm watching this whole opening scene, and I'm talking to you as if you already knew this was happening. As opposed to, like, <laughs> understanding that we're both collectively experiencing this for the first time. And I'm like... And when you mentioned that, I was like, What? <laughs> you didn't see this before? <laughs> what? No sir, no sir. Mm. But no, that was that was that was sort of a fun re- revelation, I guess. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was definitely pretty funny. Um, like I thought, I thought it was visually it was a lot of fun, honestly. But you you it, it felt distinct, a little bit distinct from Shrek, but you could tell it took place in the same universe. Yeah, it, like it didn't feel like too much like I was watching Shrek because like. There was definitely I feel like the, the the humans were more exaggerated. Yeah. But they had a similar aesthetic and style to what Shrek and like the world of Shrek looks like and how they animated. Like that. the build the builds of a lot of the humans look like something you would see in Shrek. Yeah. Um but I also I also just like that they tried to like make it somewhat distinct. So like I the only thing is that like I feel like if you watch this movie Without having seen any of the Shrek movies, you could probably still enjoy it, but you might be confused why Humpty Dumpty's in it, mm-hmm. and why, like, Jet, because, like, you might not know Puss in Boots, the story that it's based on, or was it, like, was it a story or a poem? Yeah, or it was, like a, like, a fairy, like, a fairy tale. Char- Charles uh, Perrault, um, who's also famous for, like, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, and Puss in Boots is, is another one, um... You know, is off sort of credited with that that kind of thing, but like I don't even know. Like I remember the weirdest thing is I remember a time before the Shrek Puss and Boots was a thing, and that Puss and Boots was just a fairy tale character. Really? Yeah. So like I remember like in library, like library, like one of the big things li- I will never forget librarian saying was the Disney fairy tales are not the real fairy tales. Like that was a big <laughs> thing. I feel like they were trying because I mean think about it. Like when we when we grew up, like everybody 
had those, like, everybody had, who would get access to them, those clamshell tapes of, like, The Little Mermaid, of Aladdin, of Beauty and the Beast, of Cinderella, and all those, all those classic movies, and everybody thought, oh, those are the stories, and it's like, no, the fairy tales are, are quite different, and I remember Puss in Boots was one of the fairy tales we talked about, but that's, this was a couple years before Shrek came out, so we didn't have the reference of, like, an Antonio Banderas-voiced cat. Like I, that was the first time when when Shrek Two came out. That was the first time I ever heard of anything related to Puss in Boots. I think that's so wild. <laughs> it's it's weird to think about. It's it like the same thing with Puss in Boots happened with like all those Disney movies. Like that first time you you hear about that, and it's just it's weird to think that it is like a fairy tale character that it's based on a fairy tale, but um, you don't think of it as it because no. like it's just. It's in, in, a, in a lot of ways, Puss in Boots is very similar to like those Disney princesses where you think of Snow White or Cinderella, and the first thing you think of is the, the way that Disney did it. Yes. Yes. You think of those iterations of those characters, and so like when you see, like, it's it's funny to think like, you know, like the, the Kristen Stewart Snow White movies um, that exist, and you, like when you, when you see those, or you see the trailers for those, and you're like, this doesn't feel like correct mm-hmm. but it's maybe i haven't seen them so i don't know but maybe it's more correct right it's it's a weird it's a weird line um for sure because uh, and there's definitely kids now that they probably only know puss in boots definitively as like a shrek as a shrek supporting character and that's going to be emphasized even more by the fact that we're getting a puss in boots another puss in boots movie this year like we said which looks really good it, uh, from what I, I didn't see the trailer again. I saw it once, like a couple months ago. I, I want to rewatch that trailer. Um, you watched it I, again today. Yeah, I wanted to rewatch it again after we saw the movie. And the animation style is basically like Spider Verse. That's really it's it's really rad, honestly. And I wonder how well it will will do because, like, I imagine if you put out a new Shrek movie, that would make a billion dollars. But like, mm-hmm. put some boots. I mean, just the fact that. Um, that new Mike Myers show had a reference to to Shrek by having like a dude in like a Shrek costume show up in the middle of the show, and then Mike Myers taught you know voiced the character, and it was like Shrek is back. And this was after I didn't even realize it too. This was after like what was the last one that came out? The the fourth one? When uh, did that forever? Come out? Uh, well, those Forever After, which came out twenty ten, which is wild to think that. There hasn't been a Shrek movie for 10 years. It's weird, because you you would think... Because I think about the way Pixar had done sequels for a while. And I'm thinking about, like, DreamWorks, okay? What assets does DreamWorks have? You would think that they would be all over a new Shrek movie, especially with the way meme culture is. Like, Shrek is a huge part of that. Like, or, or the idea that I always thought would have been, like, stupid, but I always thought this could be interesting... A Shrek live-action remake that makes fun of the Disney live-action remakes. <laughs> you know what? No, no, that is a good idea. Like, like you have you have somebody sing, but they're so auto-tuned, and it's like barely even their own voice. You have you get you parade some like somebody else who's like who shouldn't even be in these movies anymore because they're so old. But you're just like they're here. <laughs> You just see Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz, even though I think one of them is retired. <laughs> like, oh all God. just show up in the movie, just like, <laughs> it's us, guys. Oh, my God. And then you'd have, like, like, like I don't know. Oh, my God. It would be, it would be his, and then there would be an after credit scene of, like, Fairy Godmother, because you know that would be, if they would try to <laughs> you, sequelize it. 
they would have to sequelize it and the i think that well here's the question do you think the do you think puss in boots would show up in the first live yes. action shrek yes yes yeah. yes exactly that would be the big would, change it would be the big change but he would be i imagine puss in boots would be like like uh mufasa in the live action lion king where they just get antonio banderas back i mean I, <laughs> listen i would love to hear somebody else do it too just out of curiosity but like antonio banderas it just feels you know just feels right. It feels right. Um, and that, like, he's so good in this movie. I think we, like, like, I think the voice acting is good in this movie. One thing I wanted to note, <laughs> one of our favorite directors is in this movie as a semi-prominent <laughs> role. So here's some context for you. <laughs> so there was a point. I, stick, I think it's still kind of the case. There was a point when um, famed Academy Award winning director um, who is in our Two Dudes Hall of Fame named Guillermo del Toro, director of films like Pan's Labyrinth, um, Shape of Water, Nightmare Alley, Crimson Peak. Hellboy movies. Hellboy movies. The list is long and amazing. He decided to work with DreamWorks directly uh, and had basically become an executive producer on pretty much every Pixar release after the fact. So... He was an executive producer on Puss in Boots. Wait, did you say Pixar? No, yeah, DreamWorks. That's if I said Pixar. No, that's um, sorry. But could you imagine Guillermo del Toro making a Pixar movie? Disney wouldn't let him make it. No. <laughs> but could you imagine? But I, I do feel the... But continue your... Because there was an observation that I have with this movie, but continue. Yeah. Um, I got water. I apologize. Um, so... He became an executive producer on a bunch of future DreamWorks movies, including this one. And he also apparently voiced a couple of characters. Um, more prominently, uh, the Commandant Commandante. or whatever. Commandante Commandants. from uh, uh, San Ricardo. Yes. Um, and it's a prominent character. So, like, it's an important character in the story. So you hear him quite frequently. This isn't just a silly director cameo. No, no, he's in it. He is a, a, a character. And he does a good job, I think, honestly. He does. Like, he says, like, I will get you! <laughs> like, he say he has lines like that. Not that directly, I'm sure, but he has lines similar to that. Or, like, like something when, when he's, like, taking in the inventory of, like, uh, Puss in Boots' items. And he's just like, boots. Corinthian boots that once were a symbol of honor. You don't deserve these boots. Um... But, You've shamed these boots. But I think about Guillermo del Toro because of his love of fairy tales. And I think about the end of this movie with a golden egg and Humpty Dumpty. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very old school, like, fairy tale kind of thing to happen. Even if it doesn't or make just, it. It just turns out, guess what? Guess what? This, this is it. And, it, it, you know, it makes sense, I guess. But it's also, like, because the story is so rush, rushed in certain instances. Like, I think that's one of my biggest gripes. I can't. I, it's not a lot of breathing room. For these characters, mm -hmm. and it's like there's a lot of fun characters in here. A lot of fun characters, a lot of I, I've clever connections to different fairy tales like Humpty Dumpty and Jack and Jill and Jack and the Beanstalk, or uh, was it Andy Beanstalk? That is one of my favorite <laughs> bits. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm Andy Beanstalk. Everyone calls me Jack. Another another great Jack in this movie, in uh, in this double feature, we got Jack the Monkey. 
and uh, <laughs> Andy Andy Beanstalk. Oh, but dude, like we got Billy Bob Thornton and Amy Sedaris as Jack and Jill. <laughs> oh my god, my favorite thing in the whole movie is just that you okay. So you have these two characters, Jack and Jill, who look like thugs. Basically, they look like like they're about to like eat you or like steal your money. And yet, I love the fact that whenever they're together and alone and talking, which it threw me off first because I swore for the longest time that Jack and Jill were just brother and sister, but I guess they're not. Unless this is like, you know, medieval understandings of romance. So, <laughs> I don't want to judge. Uh, but <laughs> but um, the whole time they're having the most adult and intimate and open conversation about starting a family. Yeah. And you're like, wow. That's and, like respect. I respect this. Because, like, like, you know, and obviously, I don't want to say they get graphic, graphic, but it's like they don't like sugarcoat it in the way. Like, sometimes you'll have like an adult joke that you'll get when you're an adult when you're watching a kid's movie. But like this, it just felt like a straight up just conversation. <laughs> like, just, just a conversation between like a married couple. Like, I want kids. Like, at one point, um, Jill's like, I, I like my body where it's at right now. It's like, wow, that's so frank. That's so frank and it's so real. You're like, I, this was in a Puss in Boots movie. Like, that was definitely not something I expected. And I loved it. <laughs> it's like, the thing that I ended up loving the most outside of Kitty Softpaws and Puss in Boots is this frank conversation with Jack and Jill. You're forgetting one element. Oh. <laughs> sorry that part is great um, but it, it was just so wild to see that i want to see that more often i just want to see village just like i want kids yeah <laughs> like just like have frank conversations about like real shit that is like so like casual the way they're talking about it like they're they're he they're hench people like in, in this story it's just a job you know yeah like especially when we find out later that they were really working for humpty dumpty um, the whole time, and it's just like they're just they're just a job. Like obviously they're evil, but they're just like this is my living. This is I'm making money, and I want, I was I want I want a kid. Um, but I think we both came away liking this movie. I think so. I like I like seeing like listen. You put Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek together. I'm always gonna have a good time with that. It's a winning formula. Um, it's a winning formula. I love them in Desperado. Um, I love them as Kitty Softpaws and uh, Puss in Boots. I mean, to, to to dwell a little bit more on Kitty Softpaws, I just think that was a cool character. Yes. I think it was a great like a great like counterpoint to Puss in Boots. I also I also love that she has like a personal history. Yes, and that that was the moment we decided to uncancel Puss in Boots because um, we learned that Kitty Softpaws doesn't have claws, and initially like Puss in Boots is like you know like egging her on about it but then like she reveals i don't have claws and um he decides to, he says i will respect your privacy and then we leave it yes it never gets brought up again and you respect that 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 was the choice that they made for this movie that they didn't like make some like big emotional reveal like kitty softpaws like had her was declawed or something or right. something happened like it doesn't matter yeah because that's her story and it's private and you respect that that they chose to represent something like that in in a in a movie like this. No, it's it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. I think again, I think again we agree the main issue I think is the it, like the main issue is like the villain. 
It's hard to like him. It's hard to like it, but he's not even, I don't even think he's a villain that he, like, there's some villains that are just like, I think about Fairy Godmother in Shrek 2. She is a fantastic villain. You just love to hate that character so much. Humpty Dumpty is sort of a milk toast. And again, this is not the fault the animators are, are like Zach Galifianakis. I just think it's just like what's written on the page and what they have in the movie, I don't think is enough to either make it goofily, cartoonishly like evil or like a sympathetic, like anti-hero type. I think I think there are elements like I I, I think there's some cool ideas that were put in there like the fact he's an inventor mm-hmm. or like the twist that he was actually a golden egg the whole time but Which I think there just needed to be yeah. re- revealed but also that flying scene was a lot of fun too when he makes the flying, the flying scene was a lot of fun it though it did make me think of uh, uh, Wild Wild West yes <laughs> <laughs> but no like. I think they had a lot of a lot of good ideas on on the page, and I think they had a lot of good ideas um, in bringing Humpty Dumpty uh, to life, I guess. But it just, I don't know. It just it just didn't like all form well together yeah. necessarily, mm. and like. You want you want like I wanted to sympathize with him because he was bullied, and I want to sympathize with him because, but then like he screws over Puss in Boots. For yeah. what? And it's like, it, it didn't. Like, I didn't buy it fully. No, like like you're just doing malicious things. Because why? Because of jealousy. Because you feel like he betrayed you. It's like, no, you betrayed him. Like he remained your friend. Yeah. He, was still, he even he, got you out of jail. Yes. In any case, um, I think it's a fun. It's a fun little like like if you like Shrek, it's a fun little like side adventure. Um, mm-hmm. Fun, fun enough movie uh, with some it's surprising a, it's a, elements. It's a good DLC. It's a good DLC. Video game references yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's cheaper than most DLC. I got it for ten bucks on on Blu-ray, and I'm like, I, 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 I watched it on Amazon I, or not Amazon on, on Netflix. I, I don't feel yeah. ripped off. It's, it's I think it's a fine uh, fine movie, and I'm really excited for the sequel. Um, but the I'm last also, wish, the last wish, and I'm also um glad that <laughs> it's so funny that we have Pirates of the Caribbean three and Puss in Boots. Episode eighty six. Two years later, we're we're here. We have we're, reached this point. We've reached this point, and we're gonna keep going. Um, we got a lot of. We actually have a really exciting episode. Fun. Here's a fun fact. This is, this is um. We had an we had a different episode planned for the next for uh, in a couple of weeks, but then we changed it immediately for very similar reasons to why we avoided talking about a certain someone in the first half. Yes, due to current uh, certain current events, um, we had to make some changes. We do have a very exciting sort of thrown together episode that we're doing next week, but I think it I think it fits really well, and I get to show Joey a movie that I love from last year, and I get to watch my favorite genre of film, schlock. <laughs> but we still haven't gotten to schlock yet. But no, we, we're see, building towards it. See, that'll be that'll be the 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 pinnacle defining moment of the whole show is when we watch schlock. <laughs> After years of, of Joey trying to get me to watch this movie, his dream will come true. I wish soon. I wish I could meet John Landis and personally thank him for schlock. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we're doing this still. Me too. Me too. Uh, thank you for being a. Uh, uh, a good co-host and 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 doing the show I, I i have a lot of fun with it listen like the idea of obviously as i say waking an episode every whatever whatever time span it's it takes a lot of effort um i would not 
do it with anyone else. And that is God's honest truth. Or whoever, whatever, I don't, whatever deity. <laughs> whatever <laughs> deity you believe in. Whatever de- deity. Uh, King Kong's honest truth. That's my, that's my Lord and Savior. Thank you, thank you Big Monkey. May, 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 may King Kong rest in peace after that tragedy in New York City. <laughs> those, those biplanes did him wrong. It's a good thing he got those helicopters, though. Yes. Oh, yeah, he got them. He got them. All right, uh, folks, folks, um, what are, what are your favorite two dudes memories? What are your favorite episodes? Uh, you know, what what are some uh, what are some pairings that you guys liked? What are you know what? Here's a fun one. If there's any movies that we talked about that you think work together that we didn't that we didn't pair, what are, what would you say? Yeah, what what would you remix? Like, what would you remix into into dudes episodes? Because we've talked about that as an idea and. You know, we're we're trying to implement something, but I don't want to say too much more. We're working on it. It's in the we're works. We're working on it. it it's definitely right. something I'm excited about. So, but what would you guys remix? I'm very curious. And that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episodes of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Shout out to John and Kenny. I love you too. And Ford for helping us get started. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned in two weeks for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. What's two dudes, one double feature?